0: asian i'm here with a special guest matthew the owner of tea and milk i'm so excited to have you as a guest matthew well, thanks for having me why don't you introduce yourself briefly
1: sure my name is matthew wong i am the co-founder and ceo of Tn milk
0: which is like the best boba shop in the world <laughs> yes yes it is <laughs>
1: We currently now have two locations. First location is in Astoria.
0: Yep, I'm actually based in Astoria as well and there are a couple of boba shops in Astoria but tea and milk is by far my favorite, and we'll get into why. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into why, but that's how we got connected.
1: Awesome, yeah. We did a lot of research and made sure that we were a little bit out of the way of the shops that were here already, Mm -hmm. and that's how we found uh, 34th Avenue.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, because in Astoria, a lot of activity tends to happen around Ditmars and 30th Avenue, Mm -hmm. and then Broadway, right? And your location is a little bit off of it. And I thought that was really unique because it serves like a more residential area.
1: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, rent isn't as crazy as Yay. those big we like this. places. Yes, <laughs> and that's what we like. <laughs> well, the origin story is that, actually, it isn't the founder's first business. We actually were looking into quitting our 9-to-5 and making a business to support us. But our initial one kind of fell through. Basically, it didn't work out, so we gave up on it. After like our 9-to-5 job, we're a little tired of it. It becomes you know mundane, and it's just mm-hmm. like overall the same thing over and over again. So there were a couple of days that we always stopped by this boba shop in Chinatown. Half boba, and you just talk crap about our employers
0: <laughs> <laughs> can i ask what were you doing before what was your Monday nine to five
1: i was an accountant for a, uh, for law firms okay. so i jumped from different law firms to do their accounting work it was very boring because it was on a monthly basis the same thing over and over again
0: but accounting is a very practical skill set
1: yeah, it is. It helps us out right now, as, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, with the budgeting and cash flow, operating costs and stuff like that. It helped us out during this pandemic. Were
0: you guys all accountants?
1: So one of them is a medical biller and the other one works for one of the big fours. I do accounting. The other one was more tax.
0: It's all in that same bucket.
1: Yeah, the bucket of like the uh, very stereotypical Asian,
0: <laughs> Asian occupation. occupation, like accountant, lawyer, dentist, Some doctor, doctor <laughs> nurses, engineer.
1: <laughs> exactly, and it's it just like, huh, I wonder how we got into that, that bucket. <laughs>
0: how long were you guys
1: doing that for? So I started since I was in, ooh, wow, college. So that's about...
0: That's what you majored in,
1: accounting? No, actually I didn't. I went to John Jay. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, Yay, queen! Yes.
1: Well, uh, John Jay College is oh. actually in... <laughs>
0: that shows how much of a New York City I am. <laughs> it's
1: actually in... Um, Manhattan, so in Manhattan. West and Side. Up, upper. Upper. Right? And, and the West Side, yeah. 59th yeah, yeah, Street yeah. area. Yeah. I was actually going into school for criminal justice. Mm,
0: that's what they're famous for. Yeah,
1: it is. And then afterwards, we're just, I just, for some reason, I was in a law firm kind of like interning, doing their IT work. And then afterwards, I learned their accounting program. And then I became there. And then I started doing their accounting. And then. Mm. Like I guess practice makes perfect, and then it just threw me into the accounting world.
0: Yeah, you uh, just kind of like fell into it.
1: Yeah, I just fell into it. I mean, maybe it's just luck. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and now you're running a photo shop.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world.
0: It sounds like you came to a crossroads, all three of you, where you were like, okay, we're not entirely satisfied with our careers right now, mm-hmm. and there's something more out there for us. Yes. And it takes a lot of courage to toss that aside and pivot into something completely different. So how did you get to a point in your head where you were like, okay, I'm ready to take the next step?
1: To even start the whole story how Team Up was born is that we actually, went, when we went to the boba shop to kind of like talk and complain, we didn't think about boba as mm-hmm. being a priority to being a part of our lives. But the thing is that we've been going there for so long, we're like, why don't we try something that we like?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And basically the one thing we had in common was going to that boba shop <laughs> all <laughs> the time we,
0: I'm curious will you will, are you willing to name the boba shop
1: Uh yeah it's terrific in Chinatown China. but they're not open anymore they oh, they closed down Damn
0: because of coronavirus
1: No uh they, they closed down a while ago actually oh, okay, yeah okay. um That's too bad It is uh we we learned a lot from that place so we kind of figured we can do something to kind of like I want to say better but more like uh, upgrade boba, mm-hmm. uh, make boba um, on a higher level,
0: mm-hmm. like a bit more higher quality, higher quality, pressure ingredients, exactly, sort of yeah.
1: yeah. So when we tried look, kind of look for our suppliers, wholesalers, uh, distributors, everyone was just like, oh, you know, do this, do powder, do uh, creamers, you know, mm-hmm. things, things that you know you don't really usually use on a daily basis. Um, so what happened was we. Because then they told us that it was gonna, we were, we were going to fail uh, if we don't who do it. Who told
0: you that you guys were going uh,
1: The distributors and the suppliers. Why, why do they think you were going to fail? Uh, because of co- the cost of how much they're making a cup of drink uh-huh. for them versus how much a cup of drink could be uh-huh. uh, when you make it with, like, fresher ingredients, uh, better ingredients, quality ingredients. Of course, yeah. So they're like, oh, you guys, sh-, because of, they also know the rent is really high, too. So mm-hmm. they, didn't, they didn't think that people who wanted to, be, to make it better will succeed.
0: Yeah, because in order to make some sort of sustainable margin, the cost of your goods has to be a certain amount. And plus there's all like all the other fixed and variable costs you have to account for. And boba itself is not that expensive, like the price point for it. Mm -hmm. So I guess... They were thinking like, oh, this is not going to be a sustainable model for you guys. Yeah,
1: they, they mm-hmm. definitely thought that. And we kind of like defied the odds and told them, we'll get back to you and we'll look for something better.
0: How do you even get in contact with these distributors? Like, where does that even start? I'm guessing when you guys started, mm-hmm. like, what year did you start doing this? Uh, 2013,
1: so 2013. Yeah. that's so a long time ago.
0: 7 eight yeah, years yeah. ago yeah just about yeah so, wow that's a, quite a while wow that, wow <laughs> you, you, you it looked like you just like pieced that together too
2: eight
1: years ago Jesus <laughs> it's like I've been doing
0: this for eight years oh my god but you guys have made so much progress in eight years you know nowadays if you want to start a business you just go on google right mm-hmm. you just like youtube and google the shit out of everything yeah basically and I think you could still kind of do that at the 2013 mark but I don't think information was as accessible as mm-hmm. it is now like how did you guys manage
1: that Google was a big part too but we also looked for people through connections that we had Mm -hmm. uh, all the friends and all the family that we had and we found family members who knew people in Taiwan Mm. Um, that yes that kind of helped us out a little bit because the family members in Taiwan helped us look for suppliers Mm -hmm. and farmers and tea plantations and things like that they came in clutch like you said Uh, (laughs) they definitely did Um, they helped us out a lot and we really appreciate them but a lot of the things that we also get are from New York as well. Uh, I would say Taiwan is basically our main source. New York also has a lot of like ingredients, like taro, for mm-hmm. instance.
0: Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah. We'll get into your menu, but like <laughs> that is the best item in my opinion. Whenever people come to Astoria and they're mm-hmm. like, Diana, what should I check out? First of all, I tell them tea and milk. Second of all, I tell them, <laughs> okay, go to tea and milk and then get the taro. So you guys are figuring out the mechanics and the operations and like a sustainable business model, mm-hmm. I'd imagine someone has to start funding it, right? You need money to start a business. Yeah. I mean, the three of you just pull it, pull out your pockets and you're like, Hey, let's do this. That's exactly
1: <laughs> what happened. Here's our, here's my life savings. Let's do this. Um, we, <laughs> Uh, we basically were like, hey, here's what we project that it'll cost to make this work. Mm-hmm. And let's split this however we want to split it. It wasn't like we had a our angel investor or something like that. It was all our money.
0: It sounds like you guys really bootstrapped this all together and you took the plunge and were like, all right, this is how much I'm willing to invest. This is all I've got and like, let's go for it. But isn't there in the back of your mind the risk factor, mm-hmm. right? Like what if this doesn't work out? How much am I going to lose? you already had a stable nine to five. Were you juggling both at the same time, like doing a transition type situation or were you like handing in my resignation, I quit (laughs) and then I'm gonna do this boba business. That's very
1: ballsy, but that that wasn't me at (laughs) all. Um, So uh, all three of us juggled our nine to five Mm -hmm. and the business together. Actually in the beginning, we actually didn't start here in Astoria. We started in the flea market in Long Island City.
2: Really? Yeah,
1: there's there's a whole story with that. We basically were finding our footing, trying to see where we can set up, up, mm-hmm. set up a place to even like test the products mm-hmm. in 2013 we stayed up a lot to try each and every tea from all the places mm-hmm. from all the other tea shops we and did also market like, research. we did market research and we also did so much research on our own teas that we were getting from our suppliers mm-hmm. that year I feel like we stayed up a lot out of 365 days I feel like every day we were drinking a type of tea together.
0: Yeah, you're like, all right, we let's taste this. Let's see how we feel about this.
1: Yeah, and we spent a lot of time together during the, mm-hmm. that that one year.
0: <laughs> how did you guys meet, by the way?
1: Uh, we're actually high school friends. Uh, we knew each other since high school, and then we just stayed really close together, basically. Oh, cool, yeah. Cool. I Are mean, from still from New York? They're all from New York, yeah, and mm-hmm. we're still close friends. Um, That's we're still amazing. very close friends. Yeah.
0: I hear a lot of stories where sometimes the friendship like disintegrates over time because there's too much conflict mm-hmm. and they can't agree on things, and then in other stories, it's like. You know the friendship always comes first. If there's a disagreement, like they will figure it out.
1: Yeah, it did. Eventually, they found other things that they wanted to do, so mm-hmm. they left the company for me to manage. They had to choose other paths. I mean, like uh, one of them now has is having a kid on his yeah. way, uh, and then the other one had to have two kids now. Yeah, uh,
0: they're busy. <laughs> they're busy
1: already, so they definitely couldn't hand uh, like put their hands and handle and kind of like manage more mm-hmm. than what they can have. So uh so they let me basically handle everything else now so yeah it's uh but i mean like like i said like we're still really close friends because we we talk to each other hang out you know on a weekly or bi-weekly basis we're pre-covid i like got that is but during covid it's just like now we talk on the phone, hang you know, just That's like awesome. play games awesome. or whatever. I'm curious,
0: what high school did you go to, if
1: you uh, don't mind me asking? So it's very typical for an Asian person to be there too. High school Specialized uh, High School,
0: specialized high school. Oh it's not, oh my
1: god <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. But no, it's um so it's so weird. It's called the High School of Economics and Finance down in Trinity Place. Uh there down in like Manhattan. Uh, Manhattan. Oh. It's in um it's actually a block away from where World Trade Center is. Mm. Uh, well, so it, it was it's, it's a pretty crazy area yeah yeah but yeah, yeah that's where i that's went that's awesome
0: that's <laughs> awesome yeah i think i think you know both of us went to high school in new york city mm-hmm. and we are of a certain breed yeah. like high schoolers in new york city grow up in a very particular way and we have like high school hobbies mm-hmm. um for example i don't know about you but for me like Handball was very much a thing. Oh,
1: don't get me started <laughs> with handball. I, we were. I was at Sewer Park, Grand Park, playing like it was.
0: Yeah, handball. Handball was a thing. And then like if we wanted to like hang out, we would on like when we felt adventurous, we would go to Flushing and we would like stop in front of the Burger King on Main Street and mm-hmm. just like eat at Burger King. That was like our going out. <laughs> and then like if we wanted like a chill day, we would like go to Barnes and Noble with the Starbucks attached, and we'd like sit. And, like, the book kind of um, aisles. And, like, drink our overpriced frappuccinos. Frappuccinos,
1: yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we... For me, it was handball. A lot of handball, to be honest. And um, pool halls. And, oh, like, Soho Billiards. But that was still back then in Broadway. But not anymore. Uh, I think it's a CVS now. <laughs> Everything is changing. Everything yeah. is changing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, like... High school was a... It's a, it's a different world. Mm-hmm. It's a different world. It is.
0: Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, what... Uh, what are some of the things that influenced you in thinking through the menu for tea and milk? You think are there any aspects of your life in New York City, your culture, um, your experiences that have shaped that?
1: Um, I think uh, there are a couple of experiences that shaped it. Like um, we, gr- I grew up in the projects in the Lower East Side. Um, So we weren't really like uh like wealthy or you know rich or anything like that we were just um the standard i think kind of like more on the poorer side Mm -hmm. uh so like having like let's just say like a a day where i would go out with my mom and my sister and we would go and have like a milk tea in a bakery chinese bakery Mm -hmm. with like a hot dog uh, bun
0: yes that
1: is like that is like a win.
0: Feyeda bakery
1: shout out. Yes, Feeda you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. I got my sweet sixteen cake from Taipan Bakery.
1: Daipan <laughs> is still there. They're it's still they're there they're still winning, yeah. yeah. Um so we like that's kinda shaped it shaped it a little bit because like a lot of it that that's like winning for us when, when I go out and have that. And then uh every morning my dad would also like um make this like brown sugar milk tea. And it's always not as sweet as I like it because he's like you know you don't want diabetes you don't want yeah, I mean, you don't want a you know, you know like, Asian
0: yeah. people tend to index very high for diabetes yeah
1: and yeah. I, yeah, exactly I was just like oh I didn't I didn't know that when I was young I'm like but I want it sweeter hundred
0: percent <laughs> sweet
1: one hundred and five <laughs> like my dad's like that's hundred percent already I'm like all right I guess. But yeah, I feel like that kind of influenced me into making the perfect milk tea or like making something with brown sugar in it. So
0: like, you know how with menus, there's kind of like food trends. There was a time where like cheese foam. It's yeah. very much a food trend, like brown sugar is very much a food trend, or yeah. trendy Do you guys ever think about those food trends and factor that into consideration of like your menu?
1: Sometimes we do, right now, like let's say, I think right now it's like the brown sugar thing mm-hmm. uh, Which is like from uh, Tiger Sugar or mm-hmm. Seng Fu they're like big on it uh, so for us We we it's funny because we've had brown sugar since yeah. before they even stepped into the uh, New York market mm-hmm. but we were just like I guess we're doing something right since someone's actually basing their whole business off of brown sugar mm-hmm. and we're like oh we had brown sugar or brown sugar you guys around. were like
0: way ahead of the trend like you foresaw the future yeah <laughs> I, I, I just didn't know how but it just happened
1: I'm just like oh wow that's crazy there's that and at the same time it's like A lot of trends that we see, a lot of it are gimmicks. We don't want to play into the gimmick. We want to make sure that our drink is pretty, but at the same time delicious. Versus where it's just pretty, uh, there's a gimmick to it, and then it's just like, oh, so-so. There's that line that we don't want to cross. And for each and every single type of drink that we have, we do rigorous taste testing within our team. With our loyal customers, fans that come, you know, like customers that come on a daily basis, we let them taste us for us and they tell us what needs to be done, you know, what. Because there's just so much one person or two people can drink.
0: It's kind of like smelling perfume, Mm -hmm. where you smelled it once and then you get that initial reaction. But then if you like keep smelling it over time, you're just kind of oversaturated and you Mm -hmm. can't tell the difference anymore. Does that happen with like taste testing too?
1: It does. For me, let's just say a jasmine green tea, we want it to be more floral, uh, less strong on a green tea. We'll taste it, we'll taste on the water level, how hot to brew it. Mm-hmm. But then as you keep tasting it on like the third sip, you're just like, wait, I thought I had this like the second sip I had or something mm. like that. Like It's basically like it'll oversaturate your um, palate. And then even if you sniff coffee grains, which is the thing that is supposed to cleanse your palate or mm-hmm. clear it, it doesn't work. You would have to like ask someone else who hasn't tasted it yet to taste it for you.
0: Mm, that's so interesting. It's a very much trial and error process where you're tasting, refining, tasting, refining, and like changing the recipe as you go. Mm-hmm. Like how long does that take for like, one item? Like for one menu item? Um... Does it? It's like months, weeks like days? Do you get
1: it on the first try ever? We don't get any of them on the first try. Let's just say a taro milk tea right? We knew we wanted to do real taro. That took about like four months. There's one that's longer and that's our Thai tea. The Thai tea took five years.
0: Why? Why did it take
1: five years? (laughs) Because we didn't want it to taste like the typical Thai tea from other places. Mm -hmm. We also didn't want that orange coloring.
0: Oh, yeah, that's very common with the Thai tea. Why why is it always that color?
1: It's a black tea, but it's to signify that it's Thai tea.
0: Mm, okay.
1: To kind of like separate it from other black teas. Mm -hmm. We can never find a place or uh, anyone to do it in a way where we want it, Mm -hmm. and at the same time without the orange coloring. Mm -hmm. We basically now use the Thai tea that has orange coloring, but we refine it to a way where it tastes more floral, Mm. versus just like a Thai tea, Thai tea. Mm -hmm. We use oat milk as milk base versus a condensed or evaporated milk. Mm -hmm. And then we use our signature cream as the dairy base. That's why it took five years. That's
0: amazing. I think there needs to be a level of perfectionism Mm -hmm. and like commitment to your craft. Most places would just be like, after three months, like, oh, come on, it's like not working out. Let's just, just like, call it a day, right? It's it's
1: time consuming, but in the end, I think it's uh, well worth it. Whoever's drinking it understands why it took that long.
0: What are your most popular items? So me, I love the the taro, obviously. (laughs) I always get the taro and I prefer to get it hot Mm -hmm. versus iced. I love that it's like real taro. I've never had a taro milk tea that uses real taro except for at your place. Yeah,
1: so taro is one of our biggest sellers. It's made with the real root. On a weekly basis, we cut about eighty to one hundred and twenty pounds of taro, Whoa. and uh, we cut it up, bag it, we puree it, cook it, brew it with our black tea, mm-hmm. sometimes green tea or genmai, depending on the person.
0: Mm-hmm. What's your favorite?
1: Oh, my favorite.
0: <laughs> That's like isn't that like choosing a baby? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like choosing
1: out of your kids. I <laughs> yeah. think I feel like right. Um, <laughs> Uh, I would say, uh...
0: Or or how about this? Maybe maybe your favorite depends on your mood or the context. Mm -hmm. What if it's like a cold winter day?
1: Oh, a cold winter day. Um... I still drink cold drinks, so mm-hmm. that would be like a classic milk tea mm. uh, or a brunch Earl or oolong tea that has milk in it. And I think something milky. Mm. Yeah, um,
0: I like the milky ones too. Yeah. versus like the fruity ones. Mm-hmm. It's probably worse for you in terms of calories or whatever. Yeah. Uh,
1: to to be honest, um, it is. Uh, <laughs> the milky ones are you know like it's the classics, right? Yeah. It's the classic milk tea, whereas the fruity ones, um, depending They're like on
0: lighter, lighter, it's lighter yeah. for sure. But
1: depending on where you go, mm-hmm. too. Like for us, all our fruit teas are made with real fruit mm-hmm. versus jams and stuff like that. Oh,
0: people use jams. Oh, uh, it's it's it's
1: like
0: a. It's how not, do you how do you use a jam for a tea?
1: So it's not necessarily um, like jam as in like in a supermarket type uh-huh. of thing, but it's more like in this container where it's like gooey, where it's oh. like a lot of syrup in it. I think I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, it's like in these like. Um, Big circular containers yeah. with a red top. Yeah, it's a lot of fruit teas come from that mm. kind of stuff. And it tends to
0: be like very sweet, like overly sweet. Yeah. those kind of things are very good, concentrated. I feel
1: like. Yeah, it's, that's why sometimes they can't control the sweetness level on those mm. things. Uh, even if they say fifty percent, when they make it at fifty percent, it's mm-hmm. not really fifty percent mm. sweet. So.
0: And you guys actually don't only have drinks. I mean, you have a lot of other things too. We
1: do. We partner up with um, other places like City Cakes, who mm-hmm. does our quarter-pound cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had the
0: red velvet cookies. Very good. Oh, with, with the cream cheese
1: frosting <laughs> yes. inside, it's delicious. You should have their half-pound ones. It's really? the size of like my face. Like, <laughs> it's the size of a face. Like it's, I'm just like, who's gonna eat this? But I'm gonna like, eat and then pass out. <laughs> exactly. I'm just fall asleep. <laughs> We work with them, we work with Haibade, which is a cafe out in Harlem actually. We only know about them because we hired their daughter as oh, wow. a team member. Mm-hmm. And we actually didn't know that her mom owned a cafe and all this until recently and she was like, hey. And then we are like, oh, we were looking for someone to do this dress uh, leches cake for us. Mm. And I guess fate, yeah. and we have yeah. their dress leches cake here now.
0: That's amazing. You guys do a lot of different collaborations and partnerships and outreach, mm-hmm. not only like within the community, but also like adjacent. Can you talk a little bit about like how you go about doing those partnerships and like what you're looking for? What if there's a brand who wants to partner with you? What do you recommend they do?
1: What we have right now is this thing called Paid It Forward Astoria it's from 10,000 foxes tim who is the owner approached me and said hey what if we did this we paid for let's just say 30 drinks we figure out a day and those 30 drinks are on us because and then you give it out to your customers i was like sure why not mm-hmm. and i'll match it mm-hmm. so we'll do 60 drinks that day instead
2: amazing Love um,
1: it. the whole point of it is to basically give back to the community kind of like just say hey you know like here's a free drink if you can pay it forward to do something nice for somebody whether or not you do it or not it's now on you yeah But
0: it's w- a very simple premise like a Starbucks drive through for example mm-hmm. and then they'll pay for the car behind them yeah and that kind of sets a, f- a chain reaction where then like okay, well, I received this good karma, like, let me pay it forward, and mm-hmm. and it continues the cycle. And, like, I think that's such a nice thing because it needs to start somewhere, yeah. right? And, like, those kind of small behaviors really make an impact in someone's day, even if it's just a boba drink, right? Mm-hmm. Like,
1: It may not even be the drink that brightens someone's day. It could be the drink that other person remembers, like, oh, I got a drink from tea and milk through this pay-it-forward program, but then mm-hmm. I should do something for someone. And then they open a door for someone, and then, you know, that can brighten that person's day.
0: Mm.
1: And then it, it's, it's just, you know, just kind of like setting out love, like yeah. setting up kindness and happiness and love to people.
0: Yeah. And you guys aren't doing just that. I mean, there are so many different things. I know you guys are helping out in the community. Like throughout the pandemic, I've seen that you have donated so many drinks. To first responders. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that? yeah
1: yeah, definitely. Um so during the pandemic we started our DIY kits. We kinda closed our shop March like 18th for something like that, just because we wanted to keep our team safe. But on the 19th, my general manager who should be here today. If she hears <laughs> if she's listening to this, you should have been here. Um But um, I'll
0: have to have her on the plot next time. <laughs> I'll do like a round two.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> But she was like, oh, I'm bored out of my mind at home. And I'm just like, <laughs> yes, we, are, we all are. And she's like, hey, Matt, why don't we do a DIY kit? I'm like. So it's her idea.
0: It's her idea. Brilliant idea. I, I'm not
1: taking that, that from credit from her at yeah. all. I definitely can She's been with us for five years, and uh, we definitely appreciate her a lot. Well, actually, more than five years now, six years now. We grew with her, and she grew with us. And she thought about, like, thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, that's smart. We should do that because people are staying home anyway, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And
1: But the thing is that we're like, okay, it can't just be because we want to make money, right? We have to do something so that we can actually help out the community because we know Elmer's Hospital is, like, swamped. Mm-hmm. A lot of our uh, customers actually tell us that they have family members who are nurses, doctors, and they are struggling, and they need PPE, and they, yes. need, they need something to, like, brighten their day. So we put when they went together I guess and then we're like hey why don't we use this money to pay for whoever is working remotely and whoever is working at TMO to b- pack the boxes mm-hmm. also at the same time buy PPE and donate it and then the last thing is to send hospital workers essential workers and FDNY NYPD everyone drinks so that they can brighten up the day
0: yeah that's so wonderful they're going through a lot one of my best friends is an anesthesiologist and uh. she works at a New York um, hospital and I knew that the situation was dire because she had reached out and was like, we're running out of PPE, like, if you Mm -hmm. have any PPE, like, please consider donating it. And I know her personality, she's not the type to reach out, and the fact that, like, they were that desperate to get their hands on masks, Mm -hmm. I was like, I had to do something about it, so I had coordinated with my dad to try and get masks ordered, like, around 10,000 masks we were aiming for, from either Korea or China, mm-hmm. and then sent here. Yeah. It was very difficult to do that. It is. It's <laughs> it very, very difficult. Especially during that time. During that time, because the laws of each country were restricting the export of masks because they needed it for their own country. Exactly. And it's it's still somewhat restricted in that sense. It, it, it's gone a lot better for sure. Mm-hmm. But at that time, it was, it was really challenging. And I think the the most I was able to accomplish was like, 500 masks i had contacted my coworker who was in china mm-hmm. and she had to order it from taobao and then I like, sent it to me via dhl it was very <laughs> complicated but yeah i mean those are the little things that we can do to make a positive difference and i think that brings so much meaning to our lives you know
1: yeah i actually want to applaud you for that it's like not a lot of people actually you know were thinking about that uh, a lot of people were thinking about like oh how to profit off of this time or oh, yeah, kind of like yeah. how to like uh push there were
0: tons of people like that that's why oh. like all the mask packages were like getting stolen or like disappearing you know
1: yeah gloves mask everything mm-hmm. like uh like you said we were trying to get ppe we ordered uh how many did we order like was it ten thousand of them mm-hmm. uh we tried to order that and then I think like five thousand came. Five thousand was missing, mm. and we ordered off of like you know Alibaba. You know mm. we didn't have any contact for the for the mass, so we were like oh we order off Alibaba, and then we were like hey we're missing five thousand. They're like it must have been taken by like uh, <laughs> government
0: officials or whatever. Government They're, officials. They yeah. Actually, they were doing that. They were like confiscating packages and like figuring out like what's what's coming through, what's not. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, so we're like, you know what, we're not going to fight them because they're also suffering too. They're trying to, you know, like, make money and, you know, like, kind of like uh, for the business. And I we understand. So we're like, you know what, we're not going to fight that. So with the 5000 we donated partially to clinics, donated to people who were uh, handling food to send to, like, elders in Chinatown and even in Elmers and Queens. And we had to save some for ourselves because we weren't ready to reopen or any to even yeah. step out the house, to be honest, because... None of us really had masks.
0: How has coronavirus pandemic affected your business?
1: We actually had our downtime during March through May, and then we were just there making kits. Didn't think about reopening until when it gets better. Every hour, there was at least someone Mm -hmm. knocking on the door, like, hey, are you open? Are you serving bubble tea? And we had to turn them away. Mm -hmm. When we first reopened in May, we didn't realize that we were gonna have a full line of people. We we open and then we would be busy throughout the whole day. It's just that the demand where Boba was there, or the demand for us were there.
0: You're very lucky. We are.
1: You're we we are. Yeah. I think I think it has to be it has to be kind of like because we've been there for so long, mm-hmm. and people just don't want to see more and more places closing. Yeah. So a lot of people have been supporting. We also kind of like renovated our space during that time. We had to close out our indoor seating, mm-hmm. and kind of like add more space for our staff to be six feet apart so right now it doesn't look the same as maybe like pre-covid we have our menus on the window we have uh, a watering station right now is on at the door Mm -hmm. we don't have games anymore for anyone to play Um, it's just It's a little different, but at the same time, I think everyone understands why we did it this way. I wouldn't say a good thing that came out of it, but I mean, we added Vietnamese sandwiches to our menu. We found a chef who was able to do it because we were looking into doing food for a while. It's just we didn't know how to really do it. He started doing these Vietnamese sandwiches for us.
0: You guys seem to be making like incremental changes as you go. There's this foundation and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you're able to like scale the menu. You're able to diversify. You're able to like reach more people and like now you guys have a location in Chelsea Market, which is <laughs> yeah. incredible. Thank you. If, in order to get into Chelsea Market, I don't know anything about Chelsea Market. Like, but every business there is like legit. You know, mm-hmm. it's like very established. Like, how did you guys manage to get in there? Not that you're not, not that you're not working. But <laughs> no, like, no,
1: definitely no. Like no worries. You obviously
0: have such humble beginnings, and like, if someone wants to do what you guys did, how mm-hmm. do they do that?
1: It's fate and luck. The way we got in is actually through Pearl River Mart. Joanne, who is the president and CEO of Burr River Mart, actually reached out to us and said, hey, we're opening a food hall-ish grocery space, and we want to add boba into the mix. Well, are you interested? Mm-hmm. I didn't know who Joanne was. I knew of her through like articles of her about reopening Burr River Mart and then entering the Chelsea market space. Mm-hmm. And we were like, yes. They
0: <laughs> <laughs> were like, pick me, yes. pick me. <laughs> I'm like,
1: I'll do whatever you need. But it's, it's basically like it was it was fate uh it was kind of like luck and fate she came by and tasted the drinks and i think she was okay she was good. Uh, she liked it. liked it i think she liked it um <laughs> i
0: mean the outcome says that
1: i think so i think so and then um afterwards uh she told us that we were going to work on you know contracts and basically getting everything set up and this was actually in like 2018 this is not even like a 2020, 2019, 2020 thing. Because it's chess market, there's a lot of things to go through, you know. Yeah, uh, so It and, can't be
0: easy. I'm oh, sure there's a lot of logistics involved in like paperwork, permits, approvals, whatever it is. Exactly.
1: So yeah. that's why it took so long. Once we got the call saying, hey, we know it's a pandemic, but we want you guys to start transform to a lower level mm-hmm, space. Mm-hmm. There was no way we would have said no.
0: And are there any differences with what you guys offer at the Chelsea location versus the Astoria location?
1: Yeah, the Chelsea Market location is a little bit more on a limited menu only because we don't have the capacity to do what we have here. Mm-hmm. Or oh, What we have here, we have a bigger space to move around and make things. Mm-hmm. Chelsea Market, we're sharing all the spaces with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Kimbop Lab, Miles Bows, and uh, Kitsby. Mm-hmm. So we are going to bring more items in there, but we're figuring out how to do the menu with. Eight additional drinks on on the TV right now, and I'm having a headache doing thinking about it.
0: Like literally the menu.
1: Yeah, just the menu. I know how I know what I want in there, but the <laughs> menu is the hardest part, and I'm just like, how is that even possible? But apparently, it's it's, it's possible. <laughs> We're very happy and yeah. to be there. It was rough when we first opened because you know pandemic. You know, it's not the usual Chelsea market uh, type of flow.
0: Exactly, lower traffic, there are fewer people going in. Chelsea market is also really popular with tourists, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm sure like a lot of the tourism that used to be there is not there anymore. So it's mostly like locals. You know, Chelsea market is also popular with the tech crowd. Because Google is right there. Yep. Uh, Facebook's on, like, I don't know. They At least they used to be, like, on 28th or 23rd or something like that. Yeah,
1: they, I think they might still be there, right? Yeah. I think, and then Google owns Chelsea Market now. There you go.
0: And <laughs> YouTube, YouTube is also in that building. Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of people or bodies that could have been there mm-hmm. but weren't there.
1: Yeah, and they're not going to be there until maybe, like, I don't even know when, Like to be honest. When we all get like,
0: vaccinated. We're
1: all, yeah, we're all vaccinated by the end of the year, maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: But, um... If Chelsea Market tells you yeah. to come in, you're going in. Yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah. You're like, okay. Hands down, like you're not saying. Like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so exciting. If it takes two years to do something like that, does that mean that there could be things in the pipeline that we don't know about yet that are like, going to happen in the future for you guys? Exciting huh? things?
1: There are some exciting things that are probably going to happen soon, opening more shops. <gasps> um different maybe <laughs> hopefully different boroughs um,
0: wow yeah actually I, I meant to ask you but like why did you guys start in queens
1: we started in queens because um we started at the flea market in Island city mm-hmm. and i guess the crowd was mostly in queens that we actually got fans from mm-hmm. and we were like hey if that's the case let's do it in queen mm-hmm. queens our fans are amazing they're very supportive uh, so we're no regrets definitely in opening in queens
0: what advice would you give to someone who wants to start a business so i'm in product marketing mm-hmm. i've been working in marketing for 10 years now and so around seven eight of year, those years have been at an agency think big four mm-hmm. it's basically where you pull like 60 70 hours oh god yeah a week <laughs> right Like. A client emails you and you better respond. Mm -hmm. You might be working on a new business pitch until like 9 p.m. at night and you order like 50 chicken nuggets with your other junior (laughs) staff friends. It's kind of that situation. Okay. And if you do this for a long time, it's easy to burn out. Mm -hmm. In my experience, I found that a lot of my my kind of advertising friends Mm -hmm. are they all have like these dreams of like starting boba shops they're just like i'm just gonna quit my job i'm gonna start a boba shop and then there's gonna be yoga in the corner and then like cats will come in you know everyone like dreams of like (laughs) alternative reality so for that for that crew Mm -hmm. for those people who are listening what advice would you give to help them take the first step just do it (laughs) just do it
1: i I hate to be that cliche (laughs) nike thing like but um just do it but then at the same time enjoy the journey don't look towards the end of it you're going to miss every single little detail of what you put in to your to your business or to whatever dream you're going through um i've seen people who jumped into a business and then they quit their nine-to-five immediately and they expected to be successful so quick
0: mm, yeah but that, that's um, not realistic that's not realistic it takes a long time to ramp up i'd imagine
1: yeah uh i mean even like tesla you mm-hmm. know they're all you know it took years it didn't it wasn't like overnight thing amazon you know it's yeah. a, that's those are big stories so take your time there will be a lot of obstacles to go through no matter what mm-hmm. but enjoy the obstacles because yeah. eventually you're gonna look back and be like oh that was an obstacle for me. And it's yeah. really now for you in your head, like when you look back you're like, that wasn't really an obstacle. That was just something that you enjoyed. Yeah. Like
0: it's, it's uh, like all fun memories when you're looking back on it. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe stick to the part where you do nine to five or whatever uh, hours, sorry for the 70 hours got people. <laughs> but at the same time, grind it out and yeah. kind of like just start the business on the side too. There will be a lot of sacrifices. In 2013 to 2015, I didn't have one weekend in the summer off because we were at the flea markets during the weekend 9 to 5 Monday to Friday so 7 days a week we were working
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we sacrificed a lot Uh, it
0: takes it takes sacrifice to make a lot of these things happen the common misconception is that like it's an overnight success because there's all these like news stories Mm and people just suddenly getting like I don't know, hypothetically, the next day, your, like, video goes viral, and then suddenly you have, like, all these (laughs) brand sponsorships, and, like, there's just so much of that, but I think that's the exception and not the rule. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of successful people actually just do the boring, like, shit every day. Mm -hmm. Like, they stick to it, and they're like, yeah, this means I have one less vacation day. This means that I'm probably staying up that extra three hours after my real job. Mm -hmm. Like, us right now, right? Jennifer is right now closing the shop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, like almost 8 p.m. and we're recording this yeah i have a product launch tomorrow exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's like i think this is the way like people just have to get things done
1: yeah i think um put in the work put in yeah. as much work as possible like uh wake up early without and... burning out
0: yeah without burning take out take out. care of yourself definitely
1: self-care is very important but wake up early work out do what you need to do, do is that your nine... routine you uh no up? not at all i don't wake up early <laughs> at all but <laughs> But I think um, like a lot of successful people have a routine. You have to learn new things on a daily basis. You have to put in hard work and make sacrifices to make your dream come true. It may take a long time, it may take a month, you won't know until it happens. But at the same time, play the long game, there's no one timing you. You tell yourself when you can quit and when you can that's continue. That's
0: right, that's right. There's this saying, you haven't failed until you've given up or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an art to giving up as well. Yeah. Like, Sometimes people are too persistent and they're like trying to grasp for this goal that will just never happen and they're like very stubborn about it so Mm -hmm. sometimes it is necessary to be like all right I've put in the hard work I've tried my best and then like this is not going to happen for me so let me walk away from this Yeah. and then on the flip side there's also like perseverance sometimes you just like need to commit to something Mm -hmm. and like just keep going at it and then trust the process that something will
1: happen something very personal that i will just say is that for the first five years of tea and milk we didn't make profit
0: mm, it's wow. this is like five a years.
1: this is like a secret like no one knows Do everyone no no everyone <laughs> no one, uh, now it's not a secret anymore but <laughs> It's like, we didn't make profit. We used the money to pay our staff. We used the money to pay for, you know, rent, everything else. And in the end, we didn't have any money to yeah. pay ourselves. So that's why when we stick to the nine to five, that was a necessary thing. Yeah, it's um, it sucks for the first five years. Thinking back on it now, it's like, thank God I didn't stop and just say, let's call it quits. Yeah. Uh, but
0: because you guys have come such a long way now
1: it's a big deal to become where we are now like, at least to me i mean like it may not be for anyone else but to me i know i've hit a milestone mm-hmm. and it's like oh wow, well, i'm i'm happy but mm-hmm. at the same time you know can't be too comfortable still gotta still continue on and kind of like grind mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: that's and hu- amazing grind and hustle that's Good. the new york yeah. way <laughs> What's your plan what's next for you as you guys are thinking about where to take the business or maybe like any goals you have business-wise personal anything
1: um I think most of my personal goals are now very aligned with my business goals mm. and we're trying to take boba to even a higher level there's Starbucks and there's Starbucks reserve uh-huh. there's then we're looking into transition of boba into a even like like Ooh. Starbucks reserve type deal There's that and then there's also like all these opportunities that keep coming to us saying no to them because we didn't have the resources to go for it. Yeah. But now we have some sort of a resource, some more funding for Mm -hmm. ourselves and we are probably going to try to open up more. More TMOs, maybe even extra brands. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see, uh we'll see in the future what happens. I mean granted like oh hopefully when i'm listening to this i we some a dirt store happens already but if not then you know like uh, i'm like wait, oh it's
0: coming that soon
1: oh no i'm i, I don't know I, i'm just hoping that like i don't like listen to it and i'm just like oh wait that didn't happen oh, yeah,
0: yeah. if that if that's the case well we'll have to edit that one out
1: <laughs> yes please please edit that one out <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I'm really excited for you guys. So I think that brings us to an end. Words for our listeners? Um, Parting thoughts?
1: Whoever wants to follow their dreams, do it. At the same time, just make sure you take a step back, enjoy the journey. But at the same time, you know, you have to hustle. You have to work hard on your dream or else it'll still just be a dream.
0: That's right. That's right. It's all about the execution. Yeah. Yeah. Strategy is important. But strategy is worthless unless you execute on it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, where can our listeners find you on the socials?
1: You can find us on Instagram at T N Milk N Y, and uh, we're in the midst of starting a TikTok with. Uh, <gasps> yes! So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see if that comes through soon. You Can find us also at like Chelsea Market, we're inside Pearl River Mart on the lower level, and of course 34th Avenue, Ooh. 32nd Street in Astoria. The OG. Yep, the OG.
0: All right. Thank you so much for coming on the oh, podcast. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye.